Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Geek Town Radio. Uh, we're back this week with Matt. Hi, how are you doing, David? I'm right. how are you? I'm doing fair, actually. I've been coughing a lot less, so that means my cold is hopefully going. Uh, so that's <laughs> always nice. It's around that cold, is not it? Yeah, a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, doctor said it, it should be getting better. So, um... That's a good sign. Good. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty good. So what have you been up to? I signed up today for a trial for PlayStation Now. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the it's rental sort of thing. It's basically like a... It's a service on the PlayStation 4. I think it's on the PlayStation 3 as well. It's on the PC now as well. Um, what it basically allows you to do is it, it's a little bit like Netflix for games, but with PS3 games. It needs a good internet connection because I signed up for it and I got a game started and then I had to leave it. Then I came back to it and then it wouldn't load. So um, <laughs> great, yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, it's a bit like that. It's got uh, it's got all of the God of War games, I think. Um, it's got a lot of the Ratchet and Clank games. It's got the three Uncharted games. It's got Last of Us. It's got The Last of Us Left Behind, which was a DLC. Oh, yeah. Basically, just a whole bunch of PS3 kind of classic games, I guess you can call them. Um, and it's sort of, yeah, you, you do the uh, seven-day trial, which is, of course, a week. And then you pay £13 a month. And then you can basically stream all those games as much as you want. Basically, like how Netflix does it. You know, you pay the £6 a month and then you, uh, yeah. you stream uh, however much you like. Um, so it's quite good. I just hope it works enough um i'll see how i feel at, at the end of the trial uh have you ever tried it before i've not there was a pc version of it not not directly related to um playstation which put various pc games on and uh i've i tried that which is a similar sort of system in that it uh, you, you're not installing anything locally, it streams everything over a network. And it was fine, but yeah, you've got that problem with the, you need a decent internet connection for it to actually yeah. work. What, what I think they should maybe do is change it so that you download those games. And then of course, once your trial runs out or once your subscription isn't active, you they would take your licenses away from the games that you've downloaded because then you could kind of, you know, play them on demand, uh, which would be pretty cool. But uh it's a good service if you, if you jumped onto PlayStation 4 and you have a good internet and you didn't play any PS3 games, which I didn't really, so that's kind of why I went to try it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's good. I just hope I get, can get it to work. Because, um, of course, it's harder to stream games than it is to film like shows and, and films and stuff on Netflix. Yeah. Um, 
The Walking Dead's finishing today until till February. Yes. It's been a pretty good season. Um, of course, we have our podcast that myself and David and Sophie and Chris do. Yeah. Which is on my website, entertainmenttalk.org. The DC shows are back as well. I also do a podcast for that. That's not with you, David. That's with no. uh, a guy called Robert who does some stuff for my website. Those have been pretty good. This got, we've got the crossover this week, haven't we? So. Yes, yeah, the crossover. I mean, it's funny because a lot of people were you know, talking about oh you know being so far behind and we're actually what only about a week behind now i think it's two yeah because yeah. they they finished their mid-seasons uh last week which is the episode ninth yeah in the in the usa so yeah we're, we're two behind um which you know is better than i think on blind spot we're like five episodes behind something like that yeah yeah because i looked i looked on the other week and i sure it said episode seven and we're on episode like four yeah um or it was episode three or something I watched the Ghostbusters, the remake, uh, the <laughs> yeah. um, the one with the females this year. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was awesome. I thought the kind of modern look for the Ghostbusters is really cool. Had you seen I the original? It, I, I did, yeah. I saw, I saw the, saw the uh, original okay. too, which we're not really going to get a Ghostbusters 3 now. So it's for those people that are moaning like, oh, we should, you should do it with the, the original guys. It's not really possible, is it? Well, no, so, no, given one of them dead anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So which one died? I can't remember. Uh, Harold Ramis died, who was also oh. the main kind of, I think he actually was the director on that movie um, ah. as well. Okay. So, or if not, he was certainly heavily involved in the, he was the director on the second one, possibly. I know he went mm. on and did directing a- a- afterwards. Plus you've got to get Bill Murray to come back and that's a job in itself. So <laughs> it would yeah. be nice to get some cameos off them, maybe. Mm. Yeah, you know. did you see this one? I haven't seen one? this one yet, so. Okay. Are there cameos? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of cameos. I went like, okay, them fine. Head, but uh, yeah, it was just a great film. I had a lot of fun with it and I was going in with a kind of open mind because some people were like, this film is really bad and some people like, this film is really good. I was like, okay, I don't know quite what to think, but I'll watch it. And uh, yeah, about half an hour and I was like, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. This is really fun. Okay, cool. So yeah, it was really cool. Another film I watched was X-Men Apocalypse. I don't know if you've oh, seen yes. that. Yes, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. Just on the level of like, fine, the good yes. kind of thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd be with you on that. It was okay. It wasn't brilliant. It was all right. In no way was it terrible. It wasn't like bad. But no. uh, it wasn't like Civil War kind of good. But, no, um, nowhere near. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Been watching some iZombie about halfway through second season or just over halfway through second season. Where, where are you on that, uh, on that show? iZombie. Oh, I'm way, way behind on that. Part of me wants to be like, just catch up, but it's not coming back till April. So I was like, should I pace myself a little bit more? Should I? But, you know, yeah, that's been quite good as well. Uh watched another episode yesterday of Orphan Black. So that was quite good. I'm, I think, about the same point because I started Orphan Black and iZombie at the same time. Right. Um, so I'm like halfway through second season. And that, that, that's really good. You caught up with that? Uh, yeah, no, I'm completely up to date with Orphan Black. It's uh, four seasons so far. Is it? Um, five, I think, so far. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mentioning Orphan Black, by the way, if you um, if you want to go on to uh, Bex Trista's Trista Bites YouTube channel and make comments on her videos about the fact that she looks like uh, Tatiana Maslany, it'll really wind her <laughs> up. So uh, go and do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's been pretty good as well. The episode yesterday, I, I uh, enjoyed quite a lot. Do you have the Xbox Live Gold? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, one of these this month's free games is uh, Sleeping Dogs, which is yes. a bit like a budgety, not, not in a bad way, budgety kind of GTA set yes, in 
Is it China, Hong Kong, Japan? Uh, one of those, it's one Hong of those countries. Kong, I, think. I think it's Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit on like a smaller scale, but it's still really enjoyable and still has some. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit more of a like GTA is a bit more focused on its shooting set pieces, where this is like focused on like the fighting and the martial arts kind of stuff. And it's really cool. You you go to like this. You actually go to this sort of like martial arts, not school, but you have this like the character has this friend that's there. And uh, whenever you pick up a new statue, you learn a new fighting move. Yes, I remember. It's been a long time since I played it because it yeah, came it out ages ago on PC. Um, yeah. So I played I think it. Came I played out 2012 or something. Yeah, I played it on and PC then they when did, it came out. They did a uh, remaster, which is the version that's that's free this month with the okay. Xbox's uh, Game of Gold. Yeah, you learn some new stuff, and then there's like as you progress through the game, there's certain fighting moves that don't work on certain enemies. Like this, this really kind of not big guy, but like kind of chubby guy and if you try to like grapple him he'll just he'll grab you and he'll throw you on the floor uh, <laughs> so you've got to, you've got to be careful with that kind of stuff but uh yeah it's really fun yeah. um and i've also been re-watching lost as well because i just okay i, I feel like it i wanted to and it's holding up really well considering it ended six years ago almost seven years ago yeah um which was one of the biggest shows ever made uh, of course um lots yeah. of people I don't know any. I would be kind of shocked if I asked someone if they'd heard a loss and they said no. I'd be kind of. I think everybody must have heard yeah, a loss. Yeah, at least like heard of it. You watched it, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. seen it all the way yeah. through. So. Um, some people do like the ending. Some people don't. But it's uh, yeah, it's up to you. What do you think? But um, uh, yeah, it was okay. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I just love kind of like the mystery of it and stuff. That's kind of uh, one of the main big points that I kind of like about it. And then it's it's a little bit like the kind of ragtag group of survivors type thing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. A bit, a little bit like what kind of Walking Dead has those, those sort of shows. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been doing. Yes, I've I've been uh, I've had a bit of a film week this week actually. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, uh, Adam, who very occasionally does the podcast, has been down for it the weekend. So we uh, went to the town and went and saw Sully which is the movie about the guy that landed the plane on the Hudson a few years ago. Mm. Uh, stars Tom Hanks. Really enjoyable, quite sort of interesting. It shows all of the event itself, which was you know very, very short, but a lot of the movie is concentrating on stuff that happened afterwards. And okay. they pretty much spent 12 months defending him taking that action in, in various tribunals and stuff to, to prove because originally they, they'd been saying that there was a possibility he could have made it back to an airport. And he was categorically saying, I know this plane. I know what happened. There is no way it could have happened. You know, there is no way we would have made it back. So a lot of it is about that. Uh, but I mean, it's Tom Hanks. It's a brilliantly put together movie. It's really interesting. Um, completely not sort of genre in any way, show or form, but really good fun. Mm. So, um, well, not good fun. It's probably the wrong phrase. It's uh, it's really really well put together. Really interesting film. So I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to watch that because I've heard some good things. And uh, you've heard me mention Bold Move before, haven't you? They did a uh, a Bold Movies podcast for that. So yes. I'm gonna, uh, yeah. yeah. Try and do that as well. Yes. Um, some people also said that he could probably play a version of Sully from like, Uncharted yeah. if they did an Uncharted film. That, yeah. would, that would be pretty cool. I'm not sure he's so, quite gruff enough, you know, for, well, for Sully. Could do Sully you know. but, but yeah, but, uh, I did, certainly the look, he looks right. Mm. Um, so yeah, just watch case that. Of, just a case of who would play Drake himself. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, some people uh, said Nathan. Is it Nathan Fillion? They said Nathan Fillion's a bit old now, unfortunately. It probably yeah. needs somebody a bit younger. But yeah, Nathan Fillion would have been brilliant for that role. 
But yeah, well, so watch that. Watch Jason Bourne as well, which is the latest of the Bourne movies, which was fine. Um, it's perfectly good fun. It's well put together. It's pretty much what you expect from a, a Jason Bourne movie directed by Paul Greengrass. Uh, you know, it's a continuation of all the other stuff that he's done previously. Mm. Uh, and and it's perfectly well put together. There's some great action sequences in it. Uh, it's, it's a fairly solid plot. It, it moves at a fairly quick pace. So um, mm. good fun. Good fun, though. I was going to watch uh, Jason Bourne the other day, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm quite in that mood. I will watch it. I just wasn't quite in that sort of mood. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I kind of want Jack Bauer back. <laughs> Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Suicide Squad, the which I've, I've seen the original version before, but this was the extended cut, which you mm. can you can get on DVD. And uh, weirdly, you can't seem to get the extended cut from Sky. You can only... I got it oh. off Amazon because um, Jason Bourne was on Sky, but the, so they've got the Suicide Squad on Sky, but they don't seem to have the extended cut version on Sky. Uh, so I had to buy that off Amazon, um, oh. and it's it's street. You can buy it streaming off Amazon. It, I mean, it's still got the same problems that the original film had in that it's it's fine, but it's very much a film of two halves. The vignettes that introduce everybody at the start do very much seem like they're shunted on, and then you've got the uh, the actual movie which is sort of the the other two thirds of the film and they they don't gel at all well it really yeah, does there's, seem a, there's some like good, they very very good parts to the film yes. like Harley Quinn and uh, Will Smith as Deadshot yeah um i i haven't got your opinion on the joker did you did you like him yeah that was the interesting thing with this there's a lot more jared leto in in this version I quite like it. I mean, it's a different take on the Joker. It's very much done this sort of Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing with uh, Joker and Harley. It's interesting to take that sort of loving relationship between them. Although part of me does want to see him be slightly more abusive than he actually is in the same way that he was. If you go and look at the original cartoon, the, the Adventures of Batman cartoons, the relationship that formed, you know, because that's where Harley Quinn comes from, the relationship yeah. that formed between the two of them then, I think that's that's a really good way of, of doing it. And maybe they just thought they couldn't get away with it in the movie version. But, you know, that was in a kid's cartoon and they got away with it there. So, <laughs> but I yeah. I really, uh, I, I mean, I, I think Jared Leto's fine. I, he sort of needs a bit more Mark Hamill to voice acting. Yeah, Mark, Mark Hamill to voice acting. <laughs> just do the, just do him as as the body version and have Mark Hamill's voice at the top. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be pretty cool. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a better cut, the extended cut, than the original. Um, Are they going to keep doing this? Because I've seen some people be like, well, I paid for this in the cinema. Why am I not getting the full version? Yeah. All of it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then some, you know how some people feel about like DLC? They're like, oh, is this a DLC version of the DC films? Because they did it with Batman. So yeah, they do. I'm like, that's worryingly kind of true. It's a little bit like that. It is. It is. I don't know. They seem to be doing it with all the DC movies. I don't know, because it, it may be that they are releasing the version in the theatre that they think is the definitive version, and then everybody complains about it, and they use the extended cut to add bits back in so people complain about it less, possibly. So I don't know. Maybe if they get it right the first time, then they won't carry on releasing, releasing extended cut versions. <laughs> So yeah. we'll, I don't know. we'll see when Wonder Woman comes out, but mm. um, 
But yeah. what ones have we got? We got a solo Batman film. We got Justice League. There's a, and then a Justice solo... League Two. I heard about the other day, which got pushed back a little bit to make room for Batman. Yeah, um, there's Batman. There's a solo Aquaman movie, a solo Flash movie. If the Flash can stop losing its director, because it's on yep. its about its fourth now. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, okay. they've, they've been through three or four directors on that already. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see whether that ever actually makes it to screen. But um, yeah, yeah, there is a Flash tried... movie due. I know it's a bit more Marvel, but I know Gambit's having a lot of problems. I don't know if that film's yeah. still being... Is it still being made? I don't know. I don't know whether it's dropped off the schedule. some bad problems. Mm. Uh, and then you've got... Who else? They said Harley Quinn's going to get one. They said the Joker yeah. should get one, but then they should really do well, if, Harley Quinn and the Joker. That would yeah, make a lot if, more sense. If they're gonna, I think having just the Joker on his own, I don't think would work. I think it would be Joker and Harley Quinn in a yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joker, he's such a difficult character to pull off and I don't think he could carry an entire film on his yeah, own. Yeah, you've got to be the right level of kind of crazy and psychotic, but still reasonably reasonable. Yeah. It's yeah. tricky. I think a little bit, really a bit like a kind of if Negan went a bit insane. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Without yeah. the baseball bat. <laughs> and, uh, but um, over on the uh, over on the other side, on the Marvel side, you did. We had the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming trailer as well was released. This that was week. really cool. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really nice. The the um, new Spider-Man suit with the wings and stuff underneath with the webbed kind of wings under the suit, which was mm. quite cool. Um, I'm excited for the game as well, which I don't know when that's out. But No, um, that's out next year. But that, yeah, a, a new decent Spider-Man game would be good because they've been a bit hit and miss. Some of them have been brilliant. Uh, some of them I think haven't. it's going to be Insomniac who did, it's called Ratchet Clank and they did Sunset Overdrive. So they've got a good, okay. a good history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Amazing Spider-Man 2 wasn't very good. No, no. In it fact, wasn't. I don't remember finishing it, so he can't have been very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that looks that's looking good. Uh, there's a lot of Tony Stark in that trailer, a lot. Yeah, and some people kind of complaining about that, but I'm like, he's his mentor. He's not going to be like taking over the film. He's going to definitely be more of a mentor role. Yeah, I think they just used a lot of bits of him in that trailer. Um, mm. I, I don't think he's actually going to be in it as much as that trailer made it seem like he's going to be in it. I I would no. guess. But I yeah, I I mean Robert Downey Jr. on screen, he's always brilliant, as particularly as Tony Stark. So I'm I'm all all for having more of a minute so you know we'll mm. see yep. TV wise there were two particular shows that I saw this week This Is Us which started on Channel 4 which we've been talking about for a while because it's been this huge huge hit in, in America and we'd said repeatedly that the only thing I really knew about it was the fact that it was it was a bunch of people that were born on the same day and it seemed like this sort of family dramery thing it has this beautiful twist at the end of the first episode which if People are going to watch it. I won't kind of say what it is, but it does have this lovely little twist at the end of the first episode, which I really missed and didn't see coming at all. So, um, and it's well acted. It's very well put together. And it is, it's basically a drama of a bunch of people that are at various points in their sort of family life. You've got um, Justin Hartley from Smallville in there as well, playing a, an actor that's stuck on this sort of soap, which he hates called the Manny and he's sort of forced to take his shirt off at a moment's notice and this sort of thing you know it's just, it's a you know he's basically there as sort of eye candy you know and he's getting a bit sick about the fact that it's you know he's stuck on this show and he's not a proper kind of actor because he's doing this so that's that's all kind of really interesting it's really well put together 
Milo Ventimiglia is fantastic in it as well. I, it, I I really enjoyed it. So it it's one to go and watch. Again, it's not very genre, but it is it is an interesting looking show, and it does have this interesting little twist at the end of it, which I really like. So that's on Channel Four. I think it's on Tuesday nights. Could be wrong about that, but I think it's on Tuesday nights. Yeah, I've seen it advertised a lot because when Channel Four or E Four get a big thing like Timeless, yeah, they like to advertise it a lot. <laughs> Time, yeah. you, yes. If you hadn't noticed, you haven't been watching TV that Timeless is all <laughs> over the place. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Westworld, which finished this week. Westworld, yes. Um, the, uh, the big American, new American show. Yes, the huge yeah. American show. It's been, I think, HBO's largest rated show, basically, for the network, once you average them all out, once you average mm. the uh, episodes out. So uh, it's ridiculous how popular that show has been. It's, it's not very straightforward to follow. It's it's something no, you it have to watch very intently. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can't kind of be messing around on Facebook in between. It's really something that you have to concentrate on. But yeah, I th- I thought it came to a very kind of interesting conclusion. I yeah, really liked it. It's just it. a shame it won't be back until 2018. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, what I like about it is the fact that you know you've got a number of shows which are dealing with this awakening of consciousness in artificial life, like this, and you've got humans, um, mm. and they each approach it slightly differently in the the way that they are you know bringing consciousness to the fore in those robots or those synths or you know the hosts in the case of westworld and how they actually get there and sort of talks about what makes humanity and what makes something human and i thought the way westworld approached that was quite interesting so i'm um looking forward to that coming back i thought they did a really really nice job with it yeah they they said it's got a roughly five season run in mind so that's a that's a good target yeah. Uh, so it'll be. Will it come back the year Game of Thrones finishes? Uh, I think so. Because they said two more years of Game of Thrones. So it's 2017 and 18. Yes. So it probably uh, will. So yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it will. Maybe the October of that year or something. Yeah, maybe. And then because Game of Thrones is usually like April or June or whatever. Because well, it's going to be a bit later. Yeah. So it's going to be some yeah. June-ish, July-ish probably. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then they've got things like uh, The Leftovers, which is coming back next year, which I think is, has been put out for March or something. Yes, I'm not sure. They've got other shows coming as well, but we'll get on to those. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed Westworld a lot. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's something you really have to concentrate on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, a, a very intricately weaved together show that I well worth watching if you haven't caught it yet you can get it on um, Sky Atlantic on Sky Catch Up and it's on Now TV if you've got Now TV as well so uh, mm. worth getting so yeah blow some money on a Now TV box so they're only 20 quid so <laughs> mm. okay with those done let's move on to some film and TV news so the first story this week kind of came out of nowhere um, and I really wasn't expecting it, but uh, Strike Back is coming back. The Sky One Cinemax series that uh, starred Sullivan Stapleton and Philip Winchester is coming back without Sullivan Stapleton or Philip Winchester. 
Um, this isn't the first time they've actually done the show without those two as the lead, although they did the majority of the series. Because if you remember it, the original first season starred Richard Armitage and Andrew Lincoln before like Richard Armitage left and went to Middle Earth and Andrew Lincoln went off to fight zombies. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so it's not the first time they've had a change of a major change of cast on the show. I mean, you know, Stonebridge and Scott were, were a great duo and the, they're, Interestingly, with this new version of it, they're not trying to go down the same kind of buddy cop route. They're talking about it being more a kind of fast and furious group dynamic between a bunch of different people. So they've got a team. Basically, the idea is that um, section program has been disavowed and abandoned, but there is a notorious terrorist that has a brutal breakout of prison so they reinstate the section program as a way of going after them and trying to catch them part of this new group is a guy called daniel mac McAllister, who's played by warren brown who was in luther he was luther's sidekick in in most of luther um oh the little the lad the, yeah. the shorter guy yeah so he's, yeah, I think I know you're about, he's yeah. sort of one of the main leads. Sergeant Samuel Wyatt, who is Daniel McPherson, who's from the Shannara Chronicles. <laughs> Natalie Roberts, who is played by Roxanne McKean, who was in Game of Thrones. Was she, is Roxanne McKean a Hollyoaks person as well? I don't think so. And okay. I know the cast pretty well. Right, yeah, um, no. I, unless it was like in 1995 when I was a year old. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> no, um, uh, yeah, Holly but, started the year after I was born, so I couldn't quite watch it from, from there. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I don't think she's from... Yes, Holly she Oaks. is. She's Hollyoaks. Is she? Yes. Uh, played Louise Summers in Hollyoaks. Oh, yeah. I know the, the character who you just mentioned. Uh, yes. I never know who she was. Yeah. yeah okay. So, uh, yeah. So she's she's from Hollyoaks and she was in Game of Thrones as well. And uh, oh. Gracie Novin uh is the other character she's uh played by alan summerwater from neighbors apparently so they've roped in a few soap stars to as mm. part of it as well so yeah. it's an interesting kind of mix it's like it's like when you have um uh, what was lincoln's name from the hundred uh ricky whittle that's the guy's name ricky whittle that's yeah. it yeah um, yes, got got let go um, and had a very big bust up with the uh, people that were behind the scenes, the directors mm. or the showrunner of the One Hundred, for the fact he that did, they basically he did rotated an interview with. You remember Ben Bateman? He was he did that guest appearance on the Walking Dead podcast. He he had um, yeah. an interview with him on on After Buzz. He, he did it a while ago, and it kind of talked a bit about what happened with with him on the Hundred and stuff. Yeah, he was not happy about what happened to his character on that show. So, uh, mm. but you know, he's gone on to bigger and better things. He's now in what is probably going to be a fairly major drama with American Gods. So, you know, yeah, all good yeah. things. So, yeah, the uh, the return of Strike Back is being filmed next year. I think it starts filming early next year. So, we're either going to see it late next year, probably the autumn season, or it may be that it's uh, 2018 as well. Don't know yet, but uh, yeah, I, interesting one to come back. Um, How long was the original? Like the original, original four? I think it was like four or five seasons. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The original show. There was one yeah. season with uh, Richard Armitage and Andrew Lincoln. Then I think there were four seasons with the other guys with Winchester and Stapleton, Stonebridge and Scott. So yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting that they decide to bring that back. And again, it's it's a co-production between Sky One and Cinemax, as as it was before. So uh, next new story we've got is on Star Trek Discovery. 
this actually broke a, a while back, but we, we sort of skipped over it. They added a couple of new uh, cast members in the form of Doug Jones and Anthony Rapp, who are the two people that they, they've cast. And they are both going to be crew members on the USS Discovery. Doug Jones, I don't know. Do you know that name? Yeah. Right, okay. You will have seen him because he played uh, Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies. He was Cochise in Falling Skies. He plays the Ancient in The Strain. He played the extremely creepy gentleman in Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, uh, for the episode Hush. Okay. He's he's basically, if you have a guy that's on a TV show that's under a lot of prosthetic makeup, the chances are there's a very good chance it's Doug Jones underneath it. Hmm. He specialises in doing stuff which is is under large amounts of prosthetics. So um, he's going to be playing an alien character, obviously, as you'd expect. So more prosthetics. And he's a science officer on board the Discovery called Lieutenant Saru. Then you've got Anthony Rapp, who isn't somebody I know. He's been in a few episodes of The Nick. He was in the movie Road Trip. Uh, He was in the film Rent. He's very, very well known as a stage actor. He was one of the originators of one of the parts in Rent, which is a huge theatre musical he's so he's very well known and very well respected in that sort of field but he's he's popped up in the odd tv thing and the odd movie thing so he's he's now playing okay. lieutenant statmetz apparently is the character's name okay and uh he's another star starfleet science officer on the uss discovery and an astromycologist who is apparently somebody who studies earth derived fungi in space <laughs> so mm. interesting don't know why yeah. Yeah. um He's also the, uh, they, were, they, they said when they were developing the show that they were going to have an openly gay character on the show as well. So, and, and he will play the openly gay character that they mentioned that they were going to add in. That was part of Brian Fuller because I think he got some criticism over the fact that he wanted, I don't know whether it was because one of the characters were gay on the show and a lot of people criticised him yeah. for it. And, <laughs> Uh, and and uh, when he was writing did, on... Did this happen as well with the Star Trek? I, think, I feel like I remember the, a similar story about the Star Trek film. Yes, yeah, there was yeah. there was a thing with Star Trek film with, uh, where they made uh, Sulu a gay character. Yeah. And George Takei wasn't overly happy with that because, I mean, obviously George Takei is, a, is an openly gay guy, but wasn't happy about the fact that they turned Sulu gay in the films because Sulu, to him, he said Sulu was always a straight character. Yeah, and he's like, he was sort of like, just because I'm gay, I don't see why you should turn the character gay. You know, I, I'm perfectly happy, you know, it'd be great to have an openly gay character in the movie, but I didn't think it should have been Sulu, was what he basically said. So, yes, there was... Okay. There was stuff like that this was because um brian fuller i think had he got some criticism over having talked about wanting i think a gay character in star trek deep space nine because he used to write on star trek deep space nine so this was kind of a middle finger to all the people that wrote in hate mail about it then (laughs) he was like i'm going to put an openly gay character on star trek plus you know it's 2016 2017 it's why wouldn't there be you know so yeah so yes there's that fuller is brian fuller is no longer involved 
in the show. Originally, it had been said he was still going to be involved in the story process, but he had to step out because of American Gods, which we were talking about earlier, which is also his yeah. show. He's actually showrunner on that. And he was supposed to be showrunner on this, but he just said, I just can't do both. And originally, he was going to still be involved with the story stuff. And it sounds like they may still be using his a lot of his story like outlines and things. But um, he said he's no longer involved in production or post-production. All he's done is given the materials he's already put together and uh, hopes that it's helpful to them. Curious to see what they do. I have my number if they need me, and absolutely I'm there for them. So, mm. you know, he's not officially involved anymore. It does make me wonder how Robert Copeman's doing so many things at the same time. <laughs> no. And then I, I've seen a lot of articles about um, George R. R. Martin saying, oh, you know, this uh, this new book's going to be bittersweet and all this kind of stuff. And people are like, just finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It, it's weird. Although this guy's I'd... been working on this book so long and... Yeah. yeah I, I, the, I think with Curtin, though, is the fact that he's not actually, he, he is doing various projects and involved in various things, but he's not actually showrunner um, yeah. on, on Walking Dead. Whereas in this case, I think Brian Fuller was supposed to be showrunner on American Gods and on Star Trek Discovery. And that's a lot to take on, mm. um, you know, because yeah. they're both major, major projects. So, you know, uh, I, I don't blame him really for stepping away. There was also another announcement a while back about Michelle Yeoh, who is the star of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She has joined the show. We originally thought that she was going to join as the the lead character who is the uh, a lieutenant on the USS Discovery. Turns out she's not. She's actually in charge of a starship called the Starship Shenzhou. Note that it's, it's called the Starship Shenzhou and not the USS Shenzhou. So that sounds like it's Shenzhou sounds Romulan or Riemann to me, I think. Um huh. it's not Klingon. So I would say that's a that's a Romulan or I Riemann. Admit, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. they're saying that that ship will play a big role in the first season. So it's possible she's playing a villain, maybe, which would be a bit interesting. So with this Star Trek, do I need, can I kind of just watch it or should I, I like watch the films? No, I, th- I think it's disconnected from the films. It sits in the original TV timeline. Okay. But I don't think, th- I don't think they're going to write it in a way that you need to really know anything other than what you already know from pop culture. Uh, you know, okay. I don't, I don't think. A little, bit of a, a little bit of a spinoff. Yeah, I I don't think because it's set it's set before the first flight of Kirk on the Enterprise. Okay, so it's set before the original series, the original sixties series, and it's I think they said it's about ten years before that. So it's not directly connected to any specific thing. It's connected to some stuff in Star Trek lore, but nothing that you would need to actually know about to enjoy the show. I don't think. Okay, so I think you're fine. Yeah. Otherwise, that's an awful lot of Star Trek to get through. <laughs> yes. But as soon as yeah. it's set before everything, I think you're okay. There'll obviously be nods and stuff in it to to people for people that do know their Star Trek history. But um, yeah. Uh, but uh, that's due to arrive on Netflix in the UK in uh, May 2017. That's landing. Pretty soon. So yeah. So, yeah. Should be good. A final news story we've got this week. HBO are teaming up with J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot and a writer called uh, Javier Goulon, and they are developing a new space drama together, apparently. But no great surprise that they're doing this because Bad Robots are partly responsible for Westworld. <laughs> so mm. I've, I've seen a couple of names for it. It's called either Glare or Tilted Glare. 
as possible the names for the project. It's not much known about it at the moment, other than it's a sci-fi odyssey exploring the colonization of, an, colonization of another planet. That's all we really know about it. Javier Goulon is uh, it's the first time he's written a TV show, but he's he wrote a spec script for called uh, Four Seven Eight for a feature film, which got a lot of buzz in Hollywood, and is currently being made or has recently been made into a movie which due out next year, I think, with uh, Schwarzenegger in the lead. So a fairly big project. Um, he's written a couple of feature scripts as well. Uh, he's just an adaptation of the um, sci-fi noir novel called The Dark Side which is sat on a prison colony in the, on the moon. So, you know, he's got some experience of sci-fi. He's got some experience of writing. He apparently has a deal with Bad Robot, which is why they, they're kind of working together. So, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see whether they can replicate the same success of Westworld. Yeah, definitely sounds like something that should, that should work. So, you know, yeah. HBO, J.J. Abrams, Bad Robots. Yeah, I don't um, mean... The thing with Bad Robot stuff is you forget they're a very hit and miss company when it comes to TV shows. I mean, they've had, when when they hit, they hit well. But even when they miss, they tend to be kind of interesting shows. Because, I mean, you've got Alias Lost, Fringe, which wasn't a huge show, but was brilliant. Person of Interest as well as there's Alcatraz. Again, Alcatraz. I still need Alcatraz. to watch Person of Interest. Person of Interest. <laughs> it's been on my mind show. for so long, but you've got Alcatraz and Revolution were both theirs Revolution only ran for a couple of seasons but again very interesting show Alcatraz was an interesting idea Almost Human um, which I think was a great show and and really well put together but unfortunately didn't take off Believe was uh, one of Bad Robots Uh, 11.22.63 was one of theirs which was great as well Uh, that was only a limited series pretty good yeah I, I think part of the problem with the bad robot stuff is it's it's not really found they've tried them on network tv and I don't think they work particularly well because I don't think a lot of their stuff works on network tv whereas Westworld being on HBO they have an awful lot more freedom and I think this relationship between HBO and bad robot would be great for both of them because I think those sort of shows will work much better on something like HBO. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this because they make some really interesting kind of out of the box kind of ideas. So I'm I'm looking forward to the to seeing a few more of that. Uh, should be good. Okay, so that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have an interview. <laughs> The interview this week is with the Man in the High Castle director of photography, Gonzalo Amat. Gonzalo is currently the cinematographer for Amazon's critically acclaimed series, Man in the High Castle. Uh, have you seen any of that? I know it's an Amazon I do series. intend to watch it, but I haven't uh, got to it yet. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant show. It's due back for a second season on Friday the 16th. So uh, this Friday, actually, it's coming back. It's beautifully beautifully shot i mean it's a great storyline as well but yeah the whole recreation of nazi germany but in america it's basically set in the sort of you know 50s and 60s after germans had won the second world war and had taken over half of america and japan had taken over the the other half so you've got this really odd interesting dystopian kind of visuals going on so it's really really beautiful but he's worked on that he worked on uh, paranormal activity in the mark ones he also worked on person of interest for a while as well so he was he was a really interesting person to talk to uh we talk a lot about the man in the high castle a little bit about person of interest his interview with gonzalo uh we'll talk afterwards with some air dates when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, Gonzalo. How you doing? Good. Very well. Good. What about yourself? Good. I'm, I'm good, thanks. Thank you for coming on and, and spending a bit of time talking. That's uh, no, very good of you. So, yeah, you're based in New York. Do, do you want to start off by just giving me a bit of background about how you got into the industry? Sure. Um, I guess, you know, for I was always kind of really interested in like literature and uh, photography and stuff like that. So, you know, back when I was in high school, I sort of started uh, taking like photography courses and stuff like that. And someone mentioned to me, maybe you should look into filmmaking because that's uh, even though my family was always very um, fond of films. Yeah. They uh, they never really thought that you know one should be a filmmaker by itself. Is very <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So I um, I started to look into it and I kind of really got really interested. Even though I didn't study f- uh, um, like a college degree, I uh, ended up studying afterwards, like in the AFI and uh, London Film School. Yeah. I did um, always thought that it would be a good way of putting literature and photography together, you know, which is uh, sort of the way I got into it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, after that, I just, after film school, I just started working and always sort of pursuing um, narrative stuff as the base of my, what I do. And uh, that's sort of where I am right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're obviously not, um, I, I detect from your accent, not a New York native. So uh, no, no. <laughs> Where where did where you, did you grow up originally? I grew up in Mexico City. Okay, cool. I was yeah, I was born in Mexico. My family's uh, from Spain, so they moved to Mexico in the in the seventies. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, and then I grew up between Mexico, and Spain, and uh, and uh, you know after that I moved to to London and Los Angeles and then New York. So <laughs> yeah, busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enjoy moving around. Um, so the the show that you're mainly um, you're working on at the moment as a cinematographer is uh, Man in the High Castle, which yeah. uh, runs on Amazon Prime. I, I love the series. It was absolutely brilliant, um, amazingly well put together, and absolutely beautifully shot. I mean, thank you. Just, just stunning piece of work um how did you get involved with that well i i did it back in the day uh, like a few years back i did a series called uh, nino santo which is a series i did in mexico with the guys from canana i don't know if you're familiar with them like diego luna and the guy el garcia oh yeah 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 Yeah, they have a company so they they had this idea of doing a series like a high quality american style series for mexico which had never been done this is like 2005 i think or 2006 no a little later sorry a little later like 2009 (laughs) sorry it's confusion um so they they we put together this uh this series it's only six episodes but um that series it was so well done that uh it ended up in the hands of uh, scott free and uh because they wanted to do an adaptation and all that so I guess uh, Scott Free saw the, the the series and they saw my work, and then when they were starting to develop this, my name came up. So I think it was David Sucker, who's um, head of uh, uh, Ridley Scott's TV wing in Scott right. Free, who sort of sort of suggested me for this, and then together with um, the showrunner Dan Percival, who's uh, from England. Yes. Who uh, they between the two of them sort of suggested me, and then you know people saw the reel, they responded to it. 
and uh, and they thought it would be a good fit. E- even though I didn't do the pilot, I was able to. They sort of uh, like the the, um, the style for me to come into the show. Yeah. So you started working on that. Were you aware of of the book beforehand? Yes. I mean, I've I've always been a Philip K. Dick fan. I I actually didn't read the book before the series. I mean, of course, when I sort of got the, you know to to talk to them, I read the book and I, I did all kinds of research. But I'm uh, I mean, one of the reasons why I ended up making films was uh, Blade Runner. So I was always. <laughs> Yeah. Huge fan of the book of the of Ridley Scott's film. I was one of the reasons why I like and, and the cinematography in that film. So when I saw um, you know, this project, I was like, wow, this is like a dream come true because I always love that style. I always love Ridley Scott and uh and uh and the Philip K. Dick, which is such a visionary, you know. Yeah. So and then you know I knew that uh, uh, Philip K. Dick's daughter was involved in the project, so it was it sounded like a really authentic to the original idea at least you know and uh so that was that was the idea so yeah i mean to short answer is yes i, I was aware of the book even though i hadn't read it <laughs> so uh what was the first thought that went through your head when you sort of presented with this idea of shooting a retro futuristic nazi version of the usa <laughs> i know i was uh, you know i was i don't want to say i was a little nervous because you know a lot of my background was always in shooting stuff that's very realistic very documentary styled, a lot of available light. So, I mean, of course, I consider myself uh, capable of doing different styles, but I was a little bit like, wow, this is this is so a little different of what I've done. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, it was challenging and uh, uh, the thought of, uh, of challenge was very appealing to me also. Um, so I thought uh, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is a really good chance to do something that I really, really like the style that I really, really like, and I haven't really been able to explore that much, you know? So that was, that was sort of my, my first thing was really just a lot of excitement to, to, to be working in this dream project, you know, yeah. you know? Yeah. How do you like to kind of style a show like that? Cause it, it seems to be quite a sort of, uh, it's obviously a very dark impressive show does the sort of lighting and the way that you shoot it evolve with that yeah i mean i guess we even though we we have a kind of very strong style of 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 lighting we always try to make it uh sort of realistic in a way based in reality in a way so um i mean there's always conversations when when we talk to the directors and on the scripts when the scripts come and you start to sort of read uh, what the scenes are about. I mean, we, we approach it like a film in a way. What is the scene about and what does what do we want the audience to feel here? Is this, do we want to show oppression or do we want to counterpoint that with uh, with something different? Yeah. I mean, uh, so based on that, we designed the lighting for that specific scene. Sometimes that means very a lot of smoke, high contrast, uh, silhouettes, dark. Or sometimes it means completely the opposite, like really, I don't know if you saw season one and one of the episodes, there's just a, a big scene when uh, they have this convers- a lot of conversations in Smith's uh, home. And uh, we try to make that a little more like the, the, the dream of the 1950s America, you know, like Norman Rockwell. So very kind of polished, but very uh, pastel. And um, so that was kind of very counter visual counterpoint of what normally we would do. And it was so effective because it's so creepy when you have the content of the scenes are really dark and you have this kind of a very uh, stylized and and, um, and clean visual uh, 
uh, on the lighting and on, on the camera, you know? So that was uh, an interesting experiment. So I guess we, we always try to approach it from the, what's the scene about, what's the character going through? What do we want to say? Yeah. Yeah. You've also got a few different areas which are, are stylistically different because you've got exactly. the, you've got the uh, Japanese side and you've got the German side because America's kind of split down the middle and then you've got the no man's land in the middle how do you set things up to shoot those sort of to make those look different we sort of develop on the first year between what the pilot was and how we evolved from the pilot to the series uh, with Dan Percival and with the directors that came over we kind of develop the Bible of what each place is, you know? And I mean, we sort of discovered this as we went through, even though there, there were so very strong concepts on the art, like, you know, the color palette in, in, in the Nazi world, it's a lot uh, different from the one in Japan and, uh, and the Japanese states and a lot of different from the neutral zone. We kind of end up developing um, a Bible in which we give to the directors. And uh, But other than that, we kind of um, just by heart know that, you know, San Francisco is a little more, it's a, maybe a little warmer. The cameras are maybe a little more free. It's not as architectural. Yeah. As a Nazi world, the Nazi world, we always tend to be very like structure, very architectural, the, and, uh, solid, very kind of stark. There's almost no color. And there's in, uh, we always end up shooting it a little cooler, you know, in, in terms of, of, uh, of colors. Yeah. And, uh, and then sometimes you have warm colors in the, in the, in the um, East Coast, too. But, you know, it's it's there's kind of a, uh, as a general idea. We tend to do that. And then and the neutral zone had its own sense. It had a lot of, we did a lot of handheld, more like steady cam, just a little more free camera. And uh, I mean, the lighting was maybe a little more pastel and more like, uh, you know, as compared yeah. to the other two locations, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. It, it really, particularly the German side, very much stands out. You got that. It, it, there are times when it feels a bit almost black and white with red. Exactly. It, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's really the great thing about the team that we have is when you get to a set, the concepts are all there. You know, you know, everyone knows what colors are allowed and not allowed. So when you get to a set, you really I mean, it's it makes it so easy because uh, the colors are all there, you know, and then you yeah. just kind of give it the signature with um, with the color of the lighting. But in general, it's it's really amazing what uh between wardrobe and um, set design, set dressing and production design and everyone's really on it. So we really, I think we really achieved a very solid look because everyone really talks a lot. We talk so much, like every time when we're scouting and at the beginning of the season, we just talk about concepts, 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 and what do we want to say and what colors are every time they want to show a new wardrobe, they always show it to me or to Jim. And, uh, we always look at everything, all the colors. We, if we have doubts, we test. So it's almost like a, um, like a movie. We do a lot of prep, and uh, yeah. in, the, in that prep, we really design the colors to 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 be within the palette. Like sometimes we discard locations because they just don't adapt to what we're looking for. You know, so yeah, it's great to be. It's amazing to have that much support visually. You know, and on, especially on television. I mean, or you know, um, streaming. Yeah you know, uh, yeah. as compared to a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned that there, there's, uh, you, you aren't the only cinematographer. There's you and uh, James Hawkinson as well. He's yeah, the other guy. Exactly. Are you, 
alternating episodes on on yeah. this. Yeah, uh, yes, we do just because of the nature of the yeah. episodes are really chunky. So we end up doing uh, an episode, and then while he shoots, I prep and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah even though we always end up shooting a lot of for each other like i do a lot of uh pickups for his episodes and he does for mine right we always end up uh, having a lot of scenes of it from each other on uh on their episodes we which is a lot of fun you know yeah and uh yeah i mean we we work together on that and we always are sort of involved in all the conversations i was gonna say because we if there's there's two of you working on it does it end up with one person sort of taking more of a lead or are you just collaborating all the way through to to kind of create the style of the show yeah i mean he uh, james did the pilot right so i guess a lot of the concepts came from the pilot right and uh, but uh, also i was able to adapt from the pilot to the second episode which means we you know everything that they wanted to kind of um, to give a little bit of a difference i was able to do have a lot of input there yeah so even though his concepts were uh, were from original we kind of developed those concepts into the series Got and it. then uh but we do work um even though um, jay has a lot of the, the the original concepts we we collaborate uh, a lot and we all the concepts are sort of shared and uh he has uh, we have a slightly different way of of approaching things but it's it's great because it gives that little bit of texture to each episode, even though it's still within the same style. Yeah. Just because the way he approaches architecture is a little different to the way I do it or yeah. um, lighting. And uh, those subtleties are, are really great because they really give the series that uh, extra extra layer, you know? Yeah, yeah. With with a show like that, when you are dealing with a sort of altered America, you're sh- where are you shooting? Is it Washington and where else was it? Uh, we shoot in uh, I mean, but the pilot they shot in, in Seattle, in Washington State. Okay. And then the series we do in Vancouver, in Canada. Oh, okay. Which is, yeah, yeah. which is great, but it's a challenge because it, Vancouver looks nothing like <laughs> like New York or, you know, we have very limited exterior. So that, that sort of brings me on to my next question. How much CGI are you using versus a sort of physical set and, and real world stuff? We try to do as much as possible in camera. Like we really try to, to, to do as much as possible. Sometimes they do help doing some set extensions to erase some like glass buildings in the background yeah. or sometimes in Vancouver, just get rid of those green lush mountains in the background. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but we do, I would say maybe 80% in camera and then maybe 20% of enhanced sets. Yeah. Uh, which are, uh, it's great because we do try to make it that it's not, how do I say that it feels natural? It feels within the story. Yeah. So a lot of people sometimes don't realize that some shots have CGI. The, that's and, uh, yeah, that's some of my favorite CGI work. I remember a video that went round for I think it was Boardwalk Empire, um, the yeah. HBO show. Just nuts amount of CGI that they put in there that you would never ever know. Exactly. I, I, I love that sort of stuff because you know, yeah, it, it shows you how far the CGI stuff has come. That you you know the best CGI to me is the stuff that you just don't even realize exactly and you know the, the we still we use cgi as a, a way of enhancing the story and just making it more immersive without being too in your face you know like yeah uh that and that's something that changed a little bit from the pilot to the series and the pilot's a little more the presence of the cgi is a little more overwhelming and it's almost like a statement of this world mm-hmm. as you listen to the series and even more season two this CGI becomes almost, uh, I don't want to say unnoticeable because, of course, uh, I mean, some of the worlds are not yeah. 
real, but at least it really, you stay in the story. You, you don't really think, oh, wow, this is, you know, you, you kind of stay sucked into the story, which is the objective of everyone yeah. doing the show. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What would you say is the most interesting experience you've had whilst you've been shooting the show? I would say the, um, just being able to find, I mean, the most, the most interesting thing for me is the people involved. And the yeah. fact that every everyone from the top, like from Richard Houston, David Sucker, all the people above, all the way to the last electrician or the, even the day players who come and work with us for, for one day here and there, everyone is so much into the story that uh, it just it's such a pleasure to, to, to work on the show because everyone is a storyteller and really is uh, passionate about it. So that's probably the best experience, the best um, overall experience that I've had with this, you know, like everyone's into the story. So people sort of put away their own personal interest for the bigger good of the show, you know, and everyone does that. So it's really something. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it's an amazing show um, that with, with one of the best sort of final, I think it was the final shot of the first series with, which oh, yeah. we won't mention because don't want to spoil it for anybody, but yeah, that, that I just thought was fabulous. So and it's one of those moments where you go, what the hell just happened? So. I know. And there was so much thought put into that too. It's crazy because it's just one shot, but we, there was so much thought involved in, in that, you know, everything that you see yeah. that I won't describe too, but every, <laughs> every little piece of art that you see and all the way that he reacts, everything, all the wardrobe, everything's so thought of that it's, it's, uh, it's amazing because yeah. it really works at the end. You know, you really, people really react to that. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to to seeing the next season of it because I I think I binged watch it over a couple of days. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, just went through the whole thing, so it's brilliant. You've also worked on another show which I love, and we, we're massively behind on over here, which was uh, Person of Interest. Yeah, um, yeah, I did. Uh, uh, yeah, I did some of the. Um, I am um, season four. Yeah, season four on that show. Okay, yeah. So, how did you get? Uh, pulled into that was it, it just a case of you were around new because they shoot that in new york don't they? yeah so. they shoot in new york yeah i was in new york and then a, a director that worked with me on a show another show i did the first uh, one of the first years i did was uh, named believe oh yeah he, he, uh, they knew they were looking for someone on that show so that he called me and recommended me and say hey, you know i work on the show and uh i i'm a kind of a recurring director i want to see if i can recommend you for this i'm like yeah sure why not so i uh i came in and then i got interviewed by um, a lot of people and then i i ended up shooting it i mean it was a lot of fun yeah. it was a very challenging just because the amount of stuff that happens as you know yeah yeah and, yeah yeah but that was a lot of fun and you know learn learn a lot and uh, i work with some great people yeah it's a it's a fantastic show um I, again it's another one that even though it's it's a much more standard sort of action adventure show it's incredibly well shot i mean it's it's really beautiful and they do such a good job of it it's uh jonathan nolan isn't it is the, yeah. one of the creators mm -hmm. of it so uh, again a great project to be involved with we're, we're i think we're about a season behind over here so. yeah that was it was great because uh also responded to that because i'm normally i'm uh, not a big fan of doing coming into a project that's already been established the yeah has already so on this one they it was so well shot and uh there were some open uh ideas to kind of experiment that's yeah. that, that's sort of how i uh, i was pulled into it you know because i was interested in this sort of uh, urban noir style and very kind of stylized 
modern but realistic at the same time yeah so, yeah yeah it's uh it's a show we describe i think frequently as as being kind of batman-esque without having a guy in a cape in it you know yeah exactly <laughs> yeah completely like the, this uh anti-hero um uh, heroes you know who yeah, just yeah. hit me yeah yeah no it's, uh, that's a fantastic show just a, b- a bit more about you some more kind of general questions mm-hmm. which people inspire you well i'm um you mean the filmmakers or in general yeah just, film, well, filmmakers and in general, let's say. And in general, I'm. Uh, I think I'm passionate when when uh, I'm sort of inspired by people who have really good knowledge of their craft. Yeah. But uh, sort of know how to translate that into something. It's not just they just don't show off. But uh, <laughs> you know, not, not like uh, just to put an example, like Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, right? Yeah. He has such a mastery for the craft, but at the same time, he's not a slave to the craft. He's so versatile, and he'll do an ugly scene if it, the, the scene needs that or he'll do like a stylized project and, and better than anyone or he'll do like a, a really not pretty looking project if it's what the story calls for yeah that sort of inspires me and uh, just to put an example like a musician someone like uh, uh, this uh, german guy nils from i don't know if you're familiar with him he's uh this guy who's kind of uh gets a piano he plugs some uh kind of computers and stuff so he's basically like hacking a piano <laughs> he's such a good pianist like classic pianist but at the same time he's a, such an incredible musician that everything he does is so like of this like it's really inspiring because i i see that i'm like i want to do that i want to be able to have the tools available to me photography wise and being able to change them and pull them together into this kind of weird thing and make a result out of it you know yeah so i'm always uh, or just you know same thing with writing like some uh, you know when i read a, a book and uh, i am just someone who's able to to write something with the language that takes you to a different place yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm inspired about, you know. And yeah. then all kinds of crafts, so painting and and film, and of, of course film because that's a more immediate, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Any, any art or any craft or architecture, anything is really makes makes me really want to strive for that, you know, like really kind of control the craft. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is the best piece of advice somebody's given you? Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd probably. Uh, saw this i just saw it on um one of it's hard to know where i saw it exactly but i think it's i saw it one of those master classes um and then it was kind of reiterated the message was kind of given to me around when i was at film school some people that came over to give some lectures you yeah. know all from like tom hanks to to dante spinotti or uh, like really incredible people david yeah. lynch and um wow. They always kind of made an emphasis on listening, you know, like really have to learn to listen because sometimes when we, as a cinematographer, you read a script, you visualize it and you have so many ideas. You want to come in and then you meet the director and you're like, wow, you almost attack. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes what you need to do is just listen to what they have to say, because sometimes they have a different idea of what they want to say. Yeah. And this being a collaborator collaboration and since, you know, you work for the director, you have to listen, you know, and you have to listen to everyone. You have to. So I think that's what really one of the best advices I've gotten. And just learn to listen, even though you want to say a lot of things. Yeah. And it's great. It's a great tool in, um, on the set. Yeah. When sort of getting crazy, just if you listen and you know, you would listen to what the director wants to say or the producer or the, you know, and uh, that's probably, it works great in film. Yeah. 
That's well. that's a really good one. We've not had that before. I like that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what career do you think you'd be doing if you weren't a cinematographer? I was a very always very passionate about architecture. Yeah. I was almost about to get into architecture. And it's funny because my brother's an architect and we <laughs> always talk end up talking about space and light and, and how to how an architect how how a space will cause something on you, like it would make you feel comfortable or uncomfortable or small or insignificant or powerful. So it's funny that in the end, it's, it's, it's kind of that, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, but if I wasn't, I don't know if maybe architect, maybe, I mean, photography has always been my, my thing since yeah. I was growing up. So maybe photographer, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, even though it's not far from this, <laughs> I, I would say probably architecture is, is yeah, the one. That, yeah. So what project are you doing next? So, you, you know, well, the, yeah, yep. I mean, the uh, next, you know, season three all of that stuff still to be defined and, and yeah. all of that of course i would jump into it because it's such a, a great project um right now you know i'm reading some scripts through ages and stuff to maybe be able to to do a, a movie okay. which i always enjoy trying to keep the balance between movies and uh and and uh streaming cable yeah because i think Sometimes when you have the, I mean, the uh, high castle is a big show. It's you sometimes we're like, like four units shooting and you have a hundred people. I mean, with the days last year, we had a 600 people on the set one wow. day and that's just incredible. So sometimes yeah. it's nice to be able to ground yourself with a small movie. I did a movie last year at the end of the year, which was great. A really tiny movie with a few characters, very intimate. And sort of you reconnect and realign with what yeah what storytelling is instead of being in the craziness of of those big shows yeah yeah so um, I'm just reading some scripts to possibly do something like that and you know the commercials short I I, I might do a short film yeah uh, just stuff um, that I um, I want to kind of combine to keep the balance between all the yeah. areas that I do you know yeah so we have a couple of final questions um, which we we ask everybody. First one is what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Oh, um, I, I'm watching Black Mirror, <laughs> the yeah. English show, which is incredible. Even yes. I, a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's uh, the first two seasons are not. I think it's amazing. I still think it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's so great uh, production value. It, it's uh, it's amazing the, the the way that they shoot different styles of different episodes. It's really well done. Really yeah. well done. Yeah. And I watch uh, The Nick. I don't know this the oh, series. Yes. Yeah, which I I love, I love that show. It's just incredible, and you know I wanted to start watching that uh, Netflix show, The Queen, or uh, I don't know what the, what it's called about uh, the Queen. The Crown, yes, The Crown. Yeah, yeah. But those are sort of the ones I'm, I'm watching currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you had the opportunity to work on any show, past, present, or future, what TV show would it be? I I mean I really probably everyone says this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love uh, Game of Thrones. I really like. Yes, it's probably the one they get the most. But, you know, I mean, the Nick would be amazing, too, even though Steven Soderbergh shoots himself. Yeah, yeah. I would I would love to work on that show just because it's so <laughs> efficiently t- uh, filmed, so uh, stylized and, and the story is good. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of uh, shows around. I, I think there's so many good things around those are the ones that i just kind of jump from the top of my head right now (laughs) yeah tv and film is blurring so much these days just the quality of the stuff you get out i mean you know you've mentioned a few times the the size of um man in the high castle and 
it, it really does look cinematic a lot of the time. It, it's a phenomenal piece of work. So I'm, as I say, I'm, very, I'm a huge fan of the first series and I'm looking forward to seeing the second one. So Thanks so much. You, I think you're going to like it. Yeah, I hope so. It's yeah. uh, 16th of December, I think it's out, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. But uh, thanks for coming on and spending a bit of time talking. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. All thanks right. for the opportunity. Thank Brilliant. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was the interview with Gonzalo. hope you really enjoyed that. Man in the High Castle is back for its second season on Amazon on uh, Friday, December 16th. So this coming Friday. Uh, first season's all up there, so you can binge watch your way through that. Second season, I think he's dropped all in one go because it's an Amazon original series. So you should so. be able to yeah. binge your way all the way through the second season when that drops on Friday as well. How many uh, How many episodes it's is this first season? 10 episodes. It's eight or 10 episodes. It's not many. Okay. So, right. But yeah, well worth going to watch if you've not seen it. Worth getting an Amazon account if you've uh, not got one already definitely worth getting hold of so uh, that was the interview next up we have some air dates surprisingly large amount of air date information this week first up we have a quick cancellation rain which is the cw show which airs on netflix over here uh, it was announced they're not getting a fifth season apparently uh, they've done fourth season so far. They're about to start shooting the, shooting the season four finale and they inform producers that they weren't getting a fifth season. So hopefully... Oh, <laughs> hopefully this, is, they, this is your last one. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, it sounds like the they'd already been told that it's possible that they, they weren't going to get the renewal this year. So they have been gearing the stories towards this being a final season with a possible out if it wasn't. Uh, they've now been told that it is definitely going to be the final season so hopefully that means that they've got scripts and stuff organized so they can actually bring it to a reasonable close and they've got enough time to do that so we'll we'll see we'll see what they do it's not getting enough i I think yeah it basically i mean you know it's cw and cw are renowned for renewing pretty much everything i mean like last year they renowned it they they renewed every single show apart from and added stuff uh, and added (laughs) stuff um, apart from one from the the the, the Contagion season series, they didn't renew last year, but that was the only one. Everything else got renewed, so you're sort of at a point that if they're going to start putting more new shows on, they need to clear some of the lower end stuff out and unfortunately mm. that means rain is one of those whether we'll see any of the others go as well i think crazy ex-girlfriend was one that's not doing particularly well so but it's it's mm. very difficult to sell with cw shows because of the fact that cw own everything that they make unlike a lot of networks that will you know you might have something that's airing on fox but it's actually made by cbs studios so they have to pay a license fee to cbs yeah. to air it whereas with all the cw shows they're made by cw warner brothers or cbs which are all part of the same company i mean uh, although they do have odd licensing deals like when cbs were airing supergirl they were having to pay a fortune back to warner brothers for licensing it even though it's the same company which seemed ridiculous but that's just the way it was so um yeah i mean generally as a general rule if it's made internally it's got a better chance of getting renewed even though the numbers are lower and cw is a smaller network generally you can get away with much smaller numbers it's it's that old adage about being chased by by the bear it's not that you have to outrun everybody you just have to outrun the people that you're with (laughs) you know yeah and yeah. it's the same with TV networks. It's exactly the same with TV networks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's things 
like I think The Flash gets six million or something, and it's a fantastic show, but it's not like Walking Dead numbers. So it uh, it's no, the same kind of thing as what but you. But they're on two separate said. networks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So so it's fine. You've yeah. just got to be you've just got to be higher than everybody else on your same network. You know. Mm. So in terms of changes, we've got uh, quite a lot of stuff for January and February. Sherlock's it, season it's really going to be crazy. Yeah, in, it, it starts it, like, to get really crazy. Particularly February gets really really crazy. Um, although there's a lot of stuff in January as well. Like, as was it me you and Sophie were having a chat the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, there's a lot of stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh, you've got Sherlock season four, which uh, we're all expecting to come back fairly soon, and that was uh, January first, so it's back New Year's Day, eight thirty for another three episodes. I think that is. Is that the whole season? That's the whole season. It's a, but they're oh. always that. They're, they're always that size. They're always only two, three huh. or four episodes. It's really small. Unlike The Simpsons, which is also back in January, January 8th for the 28th season. That's back at 6.30 on January 8th for The Simpsons. Is this ever going to end? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't need... I'm not one of the people who are like, is The Simpsons going to end? But I'm like, curious. I see some 30, 35, 40. The only time they're likely to end it is when one of the cast members die, I think. Mm. You know, when one of the major cast members um, can no longer do it, or if somebody leaves, I think that may bring it to a close. But I, I think it's renewed for another two seasons anyway. So yeah, it's going to be at least... 28, 20, uh, yeah, 28, 29. I think it's going to at least get up to season 30. So, mm. you know, but we'll see. Legion, which was the show that you mentioned earlier, that comes to yeah. uh, Fox on the 9th of February. That's coming. Um, well, that's slightly out of place in the list. But anyway, yes. So uh, that's coming to Fox on the 9th of February at 9 p.m., which is based on the Marvel X-Men character who is the... Uh, son of professor x in the comic books whether they'll make that connection actually in the tv show it's difficult to tell because i heard they're going to connect some things yeah originally they said there was going to be no connection and now it sounds like there might be some connection so uh we don't know in february you'll probably have the walking dead advertising legion and 24 and you'll have 24 you know you'll have them all advertising each other i'm fairly sure you will yeah um no offense season two which was the cop drama from the creator of Shameless. That's back on the 4th of January as well. Uh, that's really, really good show that, if you've not seen that. Um, it, the first season of that was great. Really oh, well that comedy together. thing. It's got Will yeah. Meller in it from Hollyoaks, <laughs> who was probably in Hollyoaks before your time, actually. Uh, mm. Will Meller is, is uh, one of the uh, cast members in that, but it's from the creators of Shameless. Uh, he's called a, it's listed as a comedy drama, although it's, it's a very, very dark comedy drama, I think it's fair to say. Also, back on the 4th, you've got season 12 of Supernatural. So that's... Which I'm about 12 seasons behind us. <laughs> <laughs> Need to catch up yeah. on that. So yes, mm. that's back for its 12th season on the 4th of January at 10pm. Let's um, put it on hold for 10 years. So can, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, that's another show that keeps on going. It's it's one, the longest running drama that CW's ever had. Because it that up until then, it was Smallville, which was 10 seasons, and Supernatural's now on 12. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but fantastic, fantastic show. They'll just keep making it while the boys want to do it. It's great. Uh, that's on the 4th of January at 10pm. Unforgotten Season 2 coming to ITV stars Nicola Walker from Spooks as uh, a murder detective. It's a, one of ITV's kind of standard police dramas, as far as I'm aware. Ah, okay. Uh, so that's on 5th of January at 9pm. That's Unforgotten. You've got Hell on Wheels Season 5. That, I didn't know that was still going. 
yes, that's the very last part of, I think it's season 5B actually, it's the second half of season 5. Uh, so that's the very last season. That's on the 8th of January at 9pm, that comes to TCM, which is a great show, and uh, again worth watching if you've not caught it. Blue Bloods, that's back on the 11th of January at 9pm on Sky Atlantic, the world's greatest moustache, which happens to be attached to Tom Selleck playing a police chief. (laughs) Uh, So that's back, uh, 11th of January. Grimm's final season. There was some reports saying it's starting on the 14th of February. I I don't know how reliable that is, but Grimm's final season six, apparently starting on W, the channel formerly known as Watch, on the 14th of February. More importantly, on the 14th of February, though, 24 Legacy lands at 9pm on Fox. That was the interesting thing. So not gone to Sky One, it's gone to Fox. I do wonder if the fact that they're bringing back Strike Back had anything to do with the fact that they didn't pick up 24, possibly. Maybe, but you could start both. Yeah, you could. And they are running at different times, I guess. But um, yeah, 24 Legacy coming to Fox... It's interesting, we've had a couple of shows, because Legion is a Fox show, 24 Legacy is a Fox US show as well, yeah. so we're actually getting Fox US shows finally coming to Fox UK, which is kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah, actually, actually makes more sense. So. Well, yeah, it does make a lot more yeah. sense. Uh, so 24 Legacy coming to Fox UK, 14th of February at 9pm, which sees Corey Hawkins take over from Keith Sutherland as the new star, or having a very, very bad day. They will have bad, long 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, although yeah. in this case, it isn't technically 24 hours, it's 12, mm. I think. It'll be 12 with a, with a time skip again, which, yes. which did work better in, in season 9. Yes. Um, in, season 9? Uh, yeah, live yes. day. Yeah. So there's that. There's a show called Falling Water, which is a supernatural drama about three three strangers that share the same dream. Uh, first season of that starting on the 15th of January on Amazon Prime. That sounds Prime. slightly similar to um, Sensei. Yes, that's exactly but, what I thought when I read the synopsis for it. Yeah. So I don't know, but we'll see. And uh, Walking Dead season seven B. We don't know an exact date for this yet. I think it was it was the fourteenth, the thirteenth, yeah, of February. So or um, on the Monday. Yeah, it's probably on the Monday, so it's probably going to be the 13th of February. So next week on TV, there's one show which we actually missed off last week and actually aired on uh, Monday the 12th, but you can go and get it off uh, iPlayer, called Time Commanders. If you've been a fan of the computer game Total War or... If you remember a show called Time Commanders that was around 10 years ago, it's the same show where it basically takes historical reenactments of battles done in the Total War engine, you know, the Total War video game. Yeah. That TV show was the original development platform that they eventually made the Total War games out of. So uh, Creative Assembly made made the Time Commanders TV show and then made the video game, I think, afterwards out of it. I think there was a new game that came out recently or i kept hearing about it i'm not sure if it's out yet or not but uh i kept hearing about another game for it uh total war warhammer yes total war yeah. warhammer you did hear about it because we talked about it on this show because we interviewed the uh the guys that created creative assembly a few months back so mm. uh yeah total war warhammer which is out at the moment but this is uh actual historical battles not warhammer battles and it basically they have two teams who go up against each other each taking a side in a historical battle to see if they can change the outcome of what the historical battle was this version is hosted by greg wallace it starts on the 12th on monday the 12th at 9 p.m uh but as you'll probably listen to this after that 
you can go and get it on iPlayer and then it's it's on BBC4. Also returning this week quite late is uh, Elementary Season 5, which returns on the 13th of February at 9pm. Basically, they usually started this in sort of September, October, but they've moved it because they wanted to take the mid-season break out this year. So uh, Elementary will be running straight through for its fifth season. So yes, we're getting sort of both Sherlock's back around about the same do time. You, <laughs> do you know if Nashville's taking a mid-season break or is that running straight through? I'm not sure. That's, that's on like episode 16 this last week. But, I uh, suspect that that started late enough to sort of run it straight through, I would have thought, yeah. but I'm not sure. Okay. Timeless, which if you've watched anything on Channel 4 or E4 anything, recently, yes. uh, just <laughs> anything, it's been advertised like crazy, which is uh, Gurren Viznich from ER as a bad guy who steals a time machine in order to change history. Uh, that's starting on the 14th of February, I think at 9pm, I haven't got the time on here, but it's 9 or 10pm on E4. I think it's 9, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's 9pm. So yeah, that's, that's Timeless, which looks like it could be quite good fun. I don't think he's had the best ratings in the US, but we'll see where it goes. Mm. Mum, which is uh, on ITV2, it's the Anna Ferris sitcom about a dysfunctional mother and daughter. 15th of December at um, 25 past 12 in the morning. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah, I, because Why I, ITV2 seems to have inherited the drunk scheduling from E4. Because um, <laughs> they run that, it's like Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Vampire Diaries runs at something like quarter to one now. It's absolutely ludicrous. So, uh, uh, yes, Mummy's airing in the middle of the night for some reason. See it for season four on ITV2, 15th of December. Uh, Man in the High Castle, as we mentioned, starts on the 16th. That's for the second season of that. Brilliant. It's on Amazon Prime, so you can go and watch that. Season finale of Vicious, which was the TV show that uh, had Ian McKellen and Derek Jacobi as Freddie and Stuart, who were uh, elderly gay couple that are, are living to, together. They're doing one final episode of that. That's on the 16th of December as a Christmas special at 9pm. There is a show called Van Helsing, which is a new sci-fi series, but it's airing on Netflix over here that's on the 17th of december which is loosely based on the van helsing characters and it's a female descendant of, of van helsing mm. so it's that sort of why uh, kind of twist to, to van helsing essentially uh, but that's coming to netflix on the uh, 17th of december midsummer murder scene as 19 starts on the 18th of december at 8 p.m if, you, if you're into that sort of thing and want to go and uh, watch that and uh, murdoch mysteries which have got a Christmas special coming that's on Alibi on the 20th of December at 10pm so uh, that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you'd like to add Matt uh, no I think I've said everything yeah. alright cool so you can find us on uh, geektown.co.uk you can find Matt on entertainmenttalk.org you can get in touch with us on uh, podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave a message on the website post you can find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next week. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.